stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So I teased this story before the top of the hour. It really is jaw dropping. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to anger people just in the way that it seems like we, we've got yet again uh, a, a convicted murderer. Someone who belongs in jail for the rest of his life, seemingly being coddled by the system. But, but what makes it even more egregious is, is that it involves Veterans Canada, Veterans Affairs Canada, a, a department that I think under successive governments has really failed in its obligations to Canadian soldiers, in particular those dealing from PTSD. And that any resources from that department would be diverted to a convicted murderer who has never served a day in uniform is frankly quite outrageous. And that's exactly what's happening here. The story from Global News Today, Veterans Affairs Canada is standing by its decision to foot the bill for the post-traumatic stress disorder treatments of a convicted murderer who'd never served as a member of the Canadian Forces, but whose father did. Last year, Christopher Garnier, 30 years old, was convicted of second-degree murder and the strangling death of off-duty police officer Catherine Campbell. 36. Her body was found in September 2015 under the McDonald Bridge in Halifax. So Garnier argues that he suffers from PTSD, in fact, argues that the murder itself caused the PTSD. And because his father served in the military, that makes him eligible to have his treatments covered. Does that make any sense to you at any level? So this, this shouldn't be the final word. And maybe it is time to put some, some pressure on the government here. Uh, Drex uh, has been digging into the story. Of course, uh, The Shift with Drex airs right across the country on the Chorus Network, including 11 o'clock weeknights uh, right here on 770 CHQR. Drex, thanks for joining us here. Thanks, Rob. I am uh, I'm in the sense by this story. I've been following this story since the PTSD was brought in as an argument during his sentencing hearing. His defense lawyer argued, as you just mentioned, that this guy developed PTSD as a result of the murder. And I want to go through exactly what this guy did. He punched her in the face, he broke her nose, he strangled her to death, he put her body in a green recycle bin, wheeled it under the bridge, and she sat there for five days before she was discovered. Yeah. And now his lawyer is arguing that he developed PTSD, and then this added layer of Veterans Affairs fitting, footing the bill is just that much more offensive, especially to Canadian veterans. Right. Yeah, look, I, I think most reasonable Canadians would look at that argument and say you did something horrific that caused you PTSD. Well, that's too bad for you. Um, but that, that Veterans Affairs is being dragged into this. So his, the, the guy never served a day in the military, right? Didn't serve a single day. This, this is a 30-year-old guy from Halifax. His father served and from what i understand and i only learned this yesterday uh if you have a family member that served as a veteran you are entitled to uh treatments so for example his dad has ptsd as well and one of the rules is is uh, that if you've got family members that need treatment as well and the health of that family member contributes to the whole health of the family then veterans affairs will cover it so I'm not ignorant to the fact that this guy is you know, now in the prison system and likely is going to get treated by the same people regardless. It's the optics of the fact that the Veterans Affairs is footing the bill 
instead of our prison system. Now, you know, I would imagine and assume that prisoners in the Canadian prison system, if they are suffering from mental health issues, have access to have those things looked at. Well, yeah, presumably they would. And, right. right, and there would be a process in place for dealing with that. You're right. I mean, inevitably, it's it's money coming out of the, the federal government. But Veterans Affairs, and, and in so many different ways, and we've heard these stories over the years, Drex, of, of how veterans have really been underserved, ill-served by this department, including veterans who have been struggling with PTSD, mm-hmm. that they have not been looked after. And just the, the optics of this guy jumping in and, and getting that treatment from Veterans Affairs when so many feel as though they've been let down down by Veterans Affairs. I mean, what kind of a message does that send? I spoke to uh, retired Sergeant Colin Saunders, who's actually quoted in that global story uh, that is up online. Uh, and, and he says, you know, there's anecdotal stories of, of veterans in this country who request PTSD treatment uh, and are sort of pushed off. Colin was pushed off, actually, a couple of times and then sent back out into active duty, uh, which, which was kind of annoying to him. It wasn't until he came back uh, that he that he got the treatment that he wanted. But he says there's there's stories of veterans who are waiting months, if not over a year, to get their PTSD treatment. So does this fall to the Veterans Affairs Minister? That is Seamus O'Regan, by the way. Does it fall to him to intervene here? I think it does. I, I think there's a responsibility. And you mentioned how bad the relationship has been between uh, uh, that ministry and the veterans in this country uh, for, for the past number of consecutive governments. And the thing is, is we don't ever seem to fix it. We've got, we've got people, we've got men and women from this country that have signed up to serve this country. And whether they're going into an active war zone, whether they're going into a peacekeeping situation, or just on active duty overseas... We're putting them in harm's way regardless, because if if the shit ever, ever hits the fan, they're there to look after us. And there's an expectation on us as a country that when those people come back to Canada, we look after them. You've protected us. We will now follow up with you and make sure you are good. That is what we are expected to do. And we are falling short on that by sending the wrong message, by letting this guy, who's never been a veteran, use a valuable resource... Maybe, uh, maybe a lot quicker than maybe what a veteran could access it. And yeah. that is what's offensive to veterans. Yeah, deeply so. Uh, someone sent a text. Uh, Mary sent this text and says, Rob, does her family get their treatment covered? What, what they're going through, having lost a loved one in such a horrific way, uh, in the kind of stress or maybe even PTSD that some of her family members might be dealing with. That's an interesting point because I don't know their circumstances, but it's entirely possible that they might be seeking counseling and help for processing all of this that they're paying out of pocket for. Yeah, I would imagine that if you uh, had found out that a man had done that to your daughter and uh, disregarded her body like a piece of garbage into a garbage can and put it under a bridge, you'd probably be dealing with PTSD yourself. And that's actually really a really good point there, is who's covering their treatment? Who's covering their counseling? You know, do we have a do we have a, a victims of violent crime fund in this country that covers those sort of things for people? Because it seems highly unfair that a man can, and I'm going to say, claim that he has developed PTSD from committing this murder, and he's able to waltz in and get government funded treatment. Yet the family of Catherine Campbell, the 36 year old woman that was murdered here, is probably left wondering, okay, who's looking after us? Yeah, indeed. Well, I know you're going to have a lot more on this uh, coming up tonight. The Shift with Drex, uh, 11 o'clock right here on 770 CHQR. Drex, thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. No Appreciate problem. it. All right. Uh, that is Drex, The Shift with Drex, weeknights at 11, and a lot more on this story coming up tonight. 
it, it is it is quite stunning, isn't it? I mean, maybe, maybe if there was an argument to be made that this guy was suffering from PTSD from something else early on in his life, that there had been an ongoing issue that he still needs treatment for. Now that he's going to jail, he still needs treatment. Maybe, maybe you could make that argument, but think about what he's claiming here. As Drex said, I mean, it's, do we know for sure that he's dealing with PTSD? It seemed like a convenient argument that happened to coincide with the sentencing in this case. Now, he was convicted of murder, murder, so it all comes down to parole eligibility. And so that's when they started making, well, you know, he's got the PTSD. But of course, they can't, they can't claim that, you know, he fought in combat years ago or anything along those lines. So he, he created the PTSD by brutally murdering a woman. He's paying a consequence because of something horrific that he did. Well, that's on him, isn't it? I mean, I get that the prisoners uh, will have medical issues dealt with. I, I get that. Right, if you've got someone convicted of murder who's who's a diabetic or needs medication or whatever, that obviously the the system's going to cover that. I, I think we accept that, but I think this is the kind of situation where a lot of reasonable people would look at that and say, "Well, that's on you. That's that's your problem now, isn't it?" If you didn't want to be scarred with the trauma of committing a horrific murder, then perhaps you shouldn't have committed a horrific murder in the first place. I don't know. I mean, is that is that too much to ask here? You know, as Drex writes, uh, a man murders a woman, dumps her body in a garbage, then leaves her under a bridge, and then claims the murder caused PTSD, gets that treatment funded by Veterans Affairs Canada because his dad is of that. I mean, from top to bottom, this story just stinks. And the government needs to intervene. So if you want the contact information for Seamus O'Regan's office, I can provide that to you. It's Seamus.O'Regan at parl, P-A-R-L, dot G-C dot C-A. Just like any MP, it's first name dot last name at parl, short for parliament, dot G-C dot C-A. Uh, you can go to Drex on Twitter, which is just at Drex, D-R-E-X, and just scroll down. He's got a number of tweets on this story, including a link uh, with the uh, phone number of the constituency office, the parliamentary office, the toll-free number, and the email address. So that you can contact Veterans Affairs Canada and the minister directly and say this cannot stand. That you need to intervene here. That this is a slap in the face to every veteran in this country, especially those who have been given the runaround by Veterans Affairs Canada. And unfortunately, that list is way too long. Now, this convicted murderer, his dad is mentioned. His dad did serve as a veteran. And yes, the way it's supposed to be is that the family members of veterans would be looked after. And look, this guy, for whatever reason, is loyal to his son, despite all of this. And his father did speak on his behalf. Spokesperson for Veterans Affairs Canada. Saying we cannot speak directly to this case because of privacy issues. Well, we're talking about a high profile murder here. I don't know why you can't speak to it. Uh, but basically says it's set up that way, that, that family members are to be looked after on these kinds of issues. But did anybody for a moment even imagine the kind of scenario that would present itself like this one? A guy who commits a horrific murder claims the murder, claims the very crime he committed, 
caused him to suffer from PTSD. And the Veterans Affairs Canada would have to foot the bill for that. Just insane. 974-8255 is our number. 974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.